So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> this is our first time this year. Let's put our hands together for the Lord in gratitude. Um, it's, it's a privilege to be, to be here, isn't it? You know, and we are grateful to God for it, and we, we will not, and we do not take it for granted. So today, we... Um, are uh, um, starting a new series in our uh, um, Bible study time called Tribe, and we are looking at wisdom, wisdom. You know, um, many times <laughs> when God once things done in people's lives, sometimes they um, don't, uh, they kind of mess it up because they are not wise. They lack wisdom. And, but you will be full of wisdom in the name of Jesus. And um, creativity, when we looked at the scripture in Exodus 31, um, talking about Bezalel, and God says that is filled him with his spirit, the creative spirit, the spirit of wisdom. So it's, it's so important that we absorb all of God's wisdom that is available to us. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, can I have the outline? Today's question to open the Bible study, thank you, says, why do you think some people are wise and some people are not? Do you think everybody is wise? Do you think some people are not wise? Do you think some people are wise? Why do you think some people are wise? Do you think people are just born wise? Do you think some people are just born foolish? There's nothing you can do. They will always say something that is out of, that is not fitting, you know. Yeah. So, what, what do you think? Why do you think some people are wise and some are not? Okay, the children are always raising their hands. They have all the answers. Yes, okay, there's a hand right there. Go ahead. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. Um, I think some people are not wise because they don't ask for wisdom. Revelation is progressive. You know, just last week, um, I was thinking about something. And um, I was like, if they ask me or if it happened this way, what will I say? Or if it happened that way, what will I say? And the Holy Spirit just ministered to me to ask God for wisdom. So when I came in, I got the guidelines. I was so happy. I said, wow, God has answered my prayer. So I will receive everything Amen. I need to receive. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, I mean, some people don't because they don't, they don't have because they don't ask. You know, because sometimes maybe they think they, you must have a need to ask. You must feel you don't know. Maybe they feel they know. I don't know. Um, anybody else? Why do you think some people are wise and some people are not? Why? Yes, sir. Nature and nurture. Nature means um, you take the genes of your parents. So if you <laughs> have um, very wise parents, you probably will be wise. And then nurture um, is how much um, you have sought to seek wisdom, both by accident or by trying. By accident, in the sense that if you grow up with um, old parents like I did, mm. you probably be very wise. So, mm. so you try to say you're wise. <laughs> <laughs> you will learn directly. A, you will learn a lot along the way. <laughs> and then if you go and seek um, knowledge, you, you'll be wise you, as you'll well. You'll be wise. So, so, so you're saying that 
nature. Some people just have the gene of foolishness. I mean, in the Bible, you can see some of people like that. Like the person they told not to look back, and she looked back. <laughs> that was foolishness. So. <laughs> foolishness. Okay. So nature and nurture, there's um, an aspect of um, inheritance, maybe, he's saying, and there's an aspect of learning the environment you are in. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. So while wisdom is difficult to define, There are um, different definitions of wisdom, and not everybody always agree on, on the definition of, of wisdom. But the truth is that people generally recognize wisdom when they see wisdom. While wisdom is difficult to define, it's, it's, not, it's easy to spot. Praise the name of the Lord. But we'll look at um, Cambridge definition of wisdom. And it says, wisdom, the ability to use your knowledge and experience to make good decisions and judgments. So wisdom, your ability to use your knowledge and experience to make good decisions and judgments. That is wisdom. That is wisdom. So if you have knowledge and you have experience, and you still find yourself in a particular situation, and you are not able to leverage on your knowledge and your experience to make the right call, then you need wisdom. Because wisdom helps you connect the dots. Praise the name of the Lord. I love it when children are in tribe. <laughs> Now, it's like you are going on, on a, uh, like an express road. The road that is coming to my mind, I don't want to tell you the circumstances around that road. <laughs> you know, like, how many people have been to Adwekiti before? Okay from Lagos, from Ife. There's this road that's like, you're on a mountain and it curves like this, you know? And I passed someone, what were you looking for? Like, oh, kitty. Those days, I was using like, there was one babe there. I kid you not, so Valentine's Day, I took off and I headed straight to Adoy Kitty. But Jesus preserved me. So you saw the sign, it's a sharp bend. You saw the sign saying, sharp bend, ahead, right? That is knowledge. And if you've been driving for a while, experience will tell you that you can't, you shouldn't navigate a sharp bend at top speed, right? So, but you can have knowledge and experience and still continue if you are drunk or foolish. That's why foolish people are usually likely to drunk people. So, if you, what you do determines whether you are wise or not. So if you slow down and navigate the bend properly, that means you're a wise driver. If you do not, of course, not so wise. But God will fill all of us with wisdom in the name of Jesus. Some things we face in life, it's not, we don't have many times, um, a power problem, or we, we don't have a, um, um, even a financial problem. The challenge you are having at work, you don't have really, a, what you call a relationship problem is a wisdom problem. You just lack wisdom, that is all. But God will give you wisdom in the name of Jesus. So many of the challenges we have at work in our businesses, in our finances, in our health, they are wisdom problems. They are problems that if we tackle them with wisdom, we'll resolve the problem. So this series, we are going to be um, spending a lot of time in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is, you could call it the book, the book of wisdom. There are five books like that, scriptures. But Proverbs is, is where, I mean, wisdom is concentrated 
is where wisdom is concentrated. Sometimes we think wisdom should, um, should just happen automatically. That's why children are very wise, a lot of them. If a child puts its hand in, into fire and it burns, it, and you tell the child to put his hand in the fire again, what will the child do? <laughs> Say, no, mommy, no, no, oh, no, daddy. Why? Because the child is wise that this thing will burn, will burn me. It has burned me before. But we have adults that have put their hands in fire, that's burnt them. And they see the fire, they say, hey, you are fire. Hey, let me touch small now. I mean, it's just it's foolishness. It just, just doesn't make sense. Then they put the hand again, it gets burnt. Then they come back again. It's as if they're on drugs. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Ecclesiastes. Wisdom is so paramount. Ecclesiastes 7, 12. If you have the outline, you should, we, create, we provided a lot of spaces so you can write. Ecclesiastes 7, 12 says that wisdom and money are crucial. That's another translation says that. Wisdom and money are crucial. Wisdom and money, wisdom, another translation says wisdom is the defense. Money is the defense. Wisdom and money can get you almost anything. It says, but the excellency of wisdom is this. Only wisdom can save your life. Money cannot save your life. So, if you, you need two things in life, so to speak. You need money and wisdom. If you have money and wisdom, you'll be fine. If you have money and you don't have wisdom, you'll be in trouble. If you have wisdom and you don't have money, you'll be fine on the long run. Because... Money will follow wisdom. Praise the name of the Lord. So, wisdom is what you should pursue with all your might. How do you know you are foolish? It's simple. When you say things that are unfitting, it says, how do you know a foolish person? Let them open their mouths. It says, even when a fool keeps quiet, everybody thinks they are wise. Until it's time to talk, they say, ah, I thought this woman was wise, but ah, not very. And like um, our sister said, the humility to know that I am not a wise person is your first step out of foolishness. Believe me. Arrogance will keep you in foolishness. The, the, the day you know that, ah, it's like when they were distributing this thing, my own was shot. That's the day of your recovery. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So Proverbs 4, 7 says to us that wisdom is the principal, principal thing. Is the principal thing. It says, therefore, get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. Get wisdom. So wisdom can be gotten. You know, the, the first part of this teaching, we, we are talking about, I'll share on wisdom, then we're going into Proverbs, which I'm sharing on wisdom, we've not gone to Proverbs. Next week also, I'll share on wisdom, a few things, and before we go into Proverbs chapter 2, we're going to be taking um, chapter by chapter. And it is important, next week we're going to be looking at the first part, getting wisdom. Getting wisdom. So wisdom and creativity are inseparable. The first thing there is creativity. Wisdom and creativity are inseparable. Exodus 31 verse 3 says, I have filled him with the spirit of God, giving him what? Great wisdom and ability and expertise in all kinds of crafts, creativity. Secondly, wisdom 
and leadership are inseparable. Wisdom and leadership are inseparable. Second Chronicles 1.10 says, Give me the wisdom and knowledge to lead your people properly. Wisdom and leadership are inseparable. Wisdom and creativity are inseparable. In fact, number three, wisdom and life are inseparable. So you could say, oh, I'm not a creative person, I'm not a leader, but you are, you are alive. Wisdom and life are inseparable. Proverbs 4.22 says, for the, the word of God, the word of wisdom, will bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. So wisdom is the principal thing. We should pursue wisdom. We should pursue, chase after, cut, sleep with, go on and walk with wisdom. You see, but the challenge is that the quest of, for wisdom have led many astray today. You know, the, the quest for wisdom for wisdom's sake has, has led, led many astray. People, some people have found themselves in secret cults because of wisdom. You know, all sorts of um, spiritism because of wisdom. But Christ is the wisdom of God and the power of God. In him, there's, outside of him, there's no other wisdom. The problem was from the beginning in Genesis 3. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom. She wanted, she craved for the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruits and ate it. Then she gave to her foolish husband who was with her and he ate it too. Say, Pastor, there's no foolish in the Bible, but I mean, it was a foolish man. He's our great, 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 great grandfather, grandfather. When I see him in heaven, if he is there, I pray he's there. I will pull his nose. You're a foolish man. See the trouble you put all of us through. <laughs> because if Eve ate and Adam did not eat, nothing will happen. Did you know that? Nothing will happen. Adam would just say, what have you eaten? You have eaten. What did you eat? The fruit that God said you shouldn't eat. Kneel down. Let me pray for you. She kneels down. He prays for her. Boom. That's the end. That's the end. That's the power of the man. I'm sorry. It's not a superiority thing. <laughs> of the husband. Okay, sorry, sorry. The power of the husband. <laughs> you know? That's how it is. The problem came when Adam ate it. And if you look at that scripture, it is, she said she wanted the wisdom it would give her. Think about it. There were no other human beings there. So who does she want to oppress with that wisdom? Obviously not her husband, because if it were, she won't give him to eat. So, so the, 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 there's the, the craving for wisdom that just puffs up for nothing. For nothing. And that's not what God wants us to seek. Many have dabbled into all sorts of things because they are seeking wisdom. It's, it's more rampant today because of the power of the internet. Many are just, any small thing, they are Googling it. Any small thing, they are Googling it. As if Google is uh, the Holy Ghost. Google is not the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that you, can, you should Google and research. There's nothing wrong with that. But... Anything that is not the wisdom of God, you should not touch it. You should not touch it. 
I've shared the story of how Kenneth Hagin talked about one of his friends who is a, um, was a man of God and he would stay in his friend's library every time he's in town. And he was there on a particular time, he was reading, he would be on the floor reading books because the friend had a big library. And the friend came in one morning and saw him, you know, and said to him, he said something that he will never forget, that the friend said to him that he wished he had not read some of those books <coughs> because some of the books he read robbed him, he said, of his simplicity in Christ. He says he has struggled and struggled to get, you know, that simplicity of faith that you have in Christ Jesus, that you just believe that God loves you and God will come through for you, and he does. He says he lost it. That's not the wisdom God wants us to seek. Praise the name of the Lord. What's going on? <laughs> Encouraging me to drink more water. Okay, okay, okay. Cheers, guys. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so, you know, <clears throat> if, you, if you read scriptures, Solomon actually gathered wisdom from different sources. And in fact, the book of Proverbs is a, is a compilation of his best wisdom, and not all of them were from him. Agar, his friend, um, there was some other person, you know, that he brought their wisdom together. So it's okay to learn from other people and to research and all that. However, while Solomon gathered wisdom from many sources, it was all right as long as he had his bearing with his father correctly. Solomon was all right as long as is bearing with his father and the teachings of his father was intact. Solomon would make the mistakes he made when he left the bearing of his father. In Proverbs 1, verse 1, it says, These are the proverbs of Solomon, David's son, the son of David. King of Israel. Why does he have to say the son of David? Every wise person has a father. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Some have longevity. Some do not. David was not alive for so long in Solomon's life. But the path he set him on he had a true north that he could always refer to. Some fathers are there for a longer period of time. Verse 8 says, My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. Proverbs 4.1 says, My children, listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment. You know, when I read this, I'm, I'm just interesting. It's interesting to me because by God's grace, I am a spiritual father to a lot of people. And there are some of my children that when you correct them, they will always say something back. Constant. Take it to the bank. When you correct, always, they will always, always say something back. You correct them, they always say something back. After a while, you know, what do you do? Keep correcting them. Right? Verse 2. For I am giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions. It says, for I know the reason I'm able to do this, Solomon is saying, the reason I'm able to give you this direction and guidance, it says, for I too was once my father's son. Tenderly loved as my mother's only child, my father taught me. My father taught me. Take my words to heart. Follow my commands and you will live. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, 
everyone that will be wise or that is wise today, they've had a father, it can be a mother, it can be a grandmother, it can be, it's, you know, that taught them, that they sat on that. So they can say, listen, I can tell you this. There are certain things that, you know, spiritually, that my spiritual father taught me that the truth is, <clears throat> when I'm saying some things to certain of my friends that are pastors, you know, and I say to them that it doesn't work this way. It works this way. Sometimes some of them look at me and say, how do you know? You're just a small boy like us. But by God's grace, I'm a small boy that has sat with wise ancient people. <laughs> And I'm like a sponge to my father. I'm like a sponge. Growing up, even my, my grandmother, like Pastor Jide would say, if you grew up with an old woman, it's not everybody that grows up with old people that are wise. I say some things that my grandmother says today that my mom is surprised. Oh, she doesn't say, ah, I remember she used to say that. How do you remember? I was like a sponge. When she has finished speaking, I usually would go and I'm playing back everything she has said. I'm playing it back. I'm playing it back. I'm playing it back. I'm playing it back. I was very playful, but I was very thoughtful. So Solomon could say, I was taught by my father. My father taught me. So listen to me. Hmm. Praise the Lord. So before diving into the book of Proverbs. What is a proverb? What is a proverb? What is a proverb? A proverb is a short expression of popular wisdom. So proverbs are short expressions of popular wisdom. So the, the book of Proverbs are short quips, expressions of spiritual wisdom. Cultures have developed Proverbs over the centuries. You know, the Arabs have a lot of Proverbs that they go by, that guides them. They say the Enemy of your enemy is your friend. That's an Arab saying. I'm not saying that is correct. I'm just saying that's an example. <laughs> and those of us that are Africans, we also have a lot of proverbs. Particularly, yeah, every part of Africa, actually. So, question. Can you remember... Ten proverbs from your place. Let's say twenty. <laughs> Even the children screamed. <laughs> now, why, why am I asking you this question? Some of them are very... Um, very tight. Some of them are not consistent with scriptures. But you should know, you should, you should collect. Those are attributes of hungry and wise people. As your own work, go and find out what were the saints, what were the elders, what did the elders used to say? And write, it, write them down in different Write at least 10. If you can get to 20. If you, I, you know I can give you 20. Should I start? <laughs> i give you more than 20. Way more than 20. In fact, not even Proverbs. I can give you riddles. What's that? <laughs> you know, I can give you riddles. I can, we used to sit down at night and that thing was like, was like fireworks. One person will say one, another person will say another person will say. I mean, that's how we grew up. Under the moonlight. 
Praise God. So cultures have developed proverbs over the centuries. And some are really on point, but some are off point. So when you collect those proverbs, you need to know which ones are off point, which ones are really on point, which ones are not complete, which one, you know, because you have the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of God in you. Some have core insights, others do not. Some have element of truth, but not to be embraced as an absolute truth. For instance, from the western part of Nigeria, there's a proverb. There's a saying that goes, um, <laughs> It means in English, if one person's, let me put them say in pigeon first. If one person's own never spoil, Another person own no go feel better. Do you understand that? Okay, let me say it in English. Those of you that don't understand pigeon. If one <laughs> for, for one person's for one person to be successful, another person must be destroyed. And the culture we, we were in. They embrace it. That's what they do. So, <laughs> that's why there's a lot of evil. So, when someone sees the other person as his rival, there's only one thing in his mind. Only one thing. I don't know. Do, do other cultures have this kind of... Yeah, okay. You see... Fundamentally, there's an element of truth in it. But, you see, it's just like a game. You're playing a game. One person has to lose. One person has to win. Is that not true? If you are not ready for it, don't play the game. Life is like that. However, when you embrace... Oh, have I spent a lot of time on this? When you embrace... That absolutely, you take so many things in your hands, into your hands, that is contrary to God. The only person that needs to go down for you to come up is Jesus. And he went down 2,000 years ago so that you can come up. Hallelujah. So, when I mean, when you're in a situation and let's say you, you need to get up, don't look at the human being. It's not your business with them. Your business is to love them. The only person that needs to go down for me to rise, his name is Jesus, has gone down. So all I need to do is effect that rise and climb up. So, okay, so pastor, what, okay, you climb up then. What if you displace the person? Really, I will not now be responsible for that. The difference is the culture teaches you to take responsibility for that. It's your responsibility to <laughs> take over from whoever because if somebody's own does not spoil the other person's own cannot be good. It's, it's, it's wrong. Fundamentally correct, but implementation-wise, wrong. Do you understand? But you have to know these proverbs. You should. So you can now bring them with the word of God and you become even wiser than your, your fathers. Praise the Lord. Okay. So we'll dive into Proverbs 1. We'll stop where we stop. Anywhere we stop, we stop. And um, next week, we are going to continue with Proverbs 2. So which means what we have not done, you will go home because you're a wise student. Say amen. amen. You will go home, you will sit with the Holy Spirit, and he will teach you, and you will do the remaining. Okay. Proverbs chapter 1. From verse 1 to 4. This 
are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. To help them do what is right, just, and fair. Can you see that? Right, just, and fair. When you put that, when you compare that to the Proverbs I just said, people that take it upon themselves to pull another person down, people do that in the, in the corporate world, in business and everything, in life. To pull another person down, does it fit into this wisdom of God? No. It's not right, it's not just, it's not fair. These Proverbs will give you insight, will give insight to the simple Knowledge and discernment to the young. So we see here immediately that the purpose of proverbs, of wisdom, of these sessions we are going to be having is to teach wisdom, discipline, Understanding good judgment. So if you are writing, you should be writing. The purpose is to teach wisdom, discipline, understanding good judgment. That's the purpose. The outcome The outcome is a successful life when you have wisdom, discipline, understanding, and good judgment. The outcome is what? A successful life. The challenge is folks are chasing success. They want to have a successful life without wisdom, without discipline, without understanding, without good judgment. So, they say, oh, money answers all things. You have money without wisdom, without discipline, without understanding, without good judgment, you're asking for trouble. So we see the purpose and we see the outcome. Now there's a target audience. There's a target audience. In verse 4, if we bring it back to verse 4, um, the target audience says, this Proverbs will give insight to the simple and knowledge and gives knowledge and discernment to the young. So only two groups of people can receive God's wisdom. Only two groups of people. Number one, the simple. That word simple there means naive. You must know that you don't know for you to know. So, only two groups of people can receive God's wisdom. The naive, that is innocent, unsophisticated, tactless, artless, trusting, unpretentious, natural, simple. If you are, or you can get yourself to this position, the wisdom of God will flood your life. If you're unassuming, you're innocent, you're unsophisticated, you're artless, you're tactless, you're not conning, you're not conniving, you're trusting, you're unpretentious, you're natural, you're simple, the wisdom of God will flood your life. I'm telling you, that's how it works. To the simple, naive. The second group of people that... This wisdom of God will fill their lives are 
the young, the young, the young, amazing. The young. So young people should come to thrive so that they can be filled with wisdom. I know they are going to school. We'll finish on time. Praise God. Physically young, yes. But also, you can be old and young. And the young there means showing lack of experience, enthusiastic, optimistic, passionate, and teachable. Are you enthusiastic? Are you optimistic? Are you passionate? Are you teachable? It's for you. The wisdom of God is for you. And even if you are legitimately wise, you are actually a wise person. Verse 5 and 6 says, Let the wise listen to these proverbs and become what? And become even wiser. So no matter the level of your wisdom, when you take these positions of being simple and being young at heart, you become even wiser. You become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning of these proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. Praise the name of the Lord. And verse 7, which I think we will um, pull the curtain, says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. You see, sometimes the word knowledge and wisdom are used interchangeably. Sometimes they are used differently. You know, so you just need to know when that is, what is going on. In this case, it's interchangeably. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge, true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. So the beginning point of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And by fear of the Lord, you know, we, we mean both the reverential fear and the terrible fear. Both, which means the fear of the Lord as a consuming fire and the fear of the Lord as a loving father together is the beginning of wisdom. Do we have any questions? If you have a question, because if we dive into these ones, <laughs> it's like an avalanche. So, <clears throat> praise God. If you have a question, could you raise your hand? Okay. There's a, there's a hand right there. Good evening, Pastor. I don't understand how wisdom goes with life. How wisdom? Goes with life. Goes with life. Yes. Okay. So, um, when you say life, what do you mean? Like physical life. Physical life. Day-to-day -day living. Yes. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. So if you, um, if they help me bring up that scripture, I know I breezed through it, Proverbs, 20, Proverbs 4.22. Proverbs 4.22 says, for they, that is God's wisdom, they bring life to those that find them and healing to their body. So, wisdom goes with life because if you know what to do, your life will be easier. Wisdom is the ability to apply what you know. So, you know that um, um, there's electricity in that socket. And if I plug my lamp into that socket, electricity will flow through it. Maybe you've done physics in school and you know that. Now, but the lamp is there, the socket is there, the, you're still sitting in darkness. And you're saying, there's no light in this house, there's no light in this house. 
So if your life is going to be easier, you will get up, take the socket, plug it into the plug, plug it into the socket, then you have light, then that is wisdom. Can you see how it applies? Okay. <clears throat> Praise God. Let's clap for, uh, for a probing mind. Okay, anybody else, you have a question on wisdom? If you have a question, shoot your hands up. Okay. Uh -oh. Are you sure you have a question? <laughs> All the students. Are you sure? Okay, give her the mic now. Let's hear a question. After all, it's for the young. <laughs> Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. Does God allow people to be foolish or they are just foolish by themselves? Mm. <laughs> That's a very good question. You see, children are engaging with this thing. Does God allow people to be foolish or they are just foolish by themselves? Now, how I would answer that question is many times we are always looking for who is responsible for our predicament. And God is usually the culprit. So something happens, we are like, oh, did God allow this to happen? Oh, why did God allow this to happen? And many times that's nothing to do with God. God is saying, I set before you life and death. Choose life that you will live. And he steps aside and watches man. Watches what you will choose. Then man chooses death. I say, why God? Why? Why? No. It's, it's the foolishness that made you choose. So is it God that made you foolish? <laughs> no. God doesn't make anybody foolish. Does God make people wise? Yes. God only makes people wise. However, there are special cases where God has made people foolish because he wanted to deal with them. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you fine? Are you fine? You are fine. Okay. Fantastic. Okay. Maybe we'll take one more question. Do we have any questions? Are you sure you have a question? Okay. Give me the mic. Does God always have... The... Do white people always get what they want? Hmm. Do wise people always get what they want? Yeah. That's your question. What? You want to know. So that you can okay. decide if you want to be wise or not. <laughs> because you want to get what you want. Okay. Um, technically, the answer is yes. Yes. The answer is yes. They always get what they want because they know what not to want. So, yeah, because they know, what, they, know not, they know what not to want, they always get what they want. Because if they are desiring something, they are wise enough to check with God, and they're like, mm, this one, I don't think God wants me to have it. So, if they now continue and say they want it, that means they are foolish. This, they have stopped being wise. Do wise people get what they want? Yes. Ultimately, they do. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, let's put our hands together for the Lord for his kindness, his mercies. Let's thank God for our children, the questions that came forth. I'm excited. Now, today, I commit to, what are you going to commit to? What are you committing to today? I commit to reading Proverbs, one chapter before tribe, the chapter we're going to deal with. I commit to doing my assignment I commit to being a wise person today. What are you committing to? Please write it down. So today we have heard the word. We have committed to it. How will you pass it on? How will you pass on the word of God? How will you pass it on? Who are you going to hand it off to?
Before we pray, I want to remind us of our um, homework. What's the homework? Who remembers the homework? Ten proverbs from your village. From, your, from where I mean, you come from. Ten proverbs. Um, if, you, if your village people, they are not very proverbial, you can expand your sphere of, of research. Is that okay? Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. And let's just say thank you to the Lord for his kindness, his mercy, his compassion. Let's say thank you to our God. Thank you to our King. Thank you. 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 Now I want to pray with you. If you are here and you need to choose God today, that's the, that's the wisest choice you can ever make. You're like, Pastor, pray with me. I want to choose God. I want to choose God. Pray with me. It means you're a wise person. I used to be with God, but I'm not with God anymore. Can I choose God again? Yes, you can. Should I come forward, Pastor? No, you do not need to come forward. I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. Let's just focus on God and, and just be praying, everybody, as we offer uh, the benefit of privacy for these people that are going to make this call. Pray with me, Pastor. Put up your hand over your head now, just between you and God, and I'll pray with you. God bless you. If I put up your hand, put up your hand. Well, well, okay. Okay, children, again, let's not take that for granted. Um, okay, God bless you. God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you. If you are online, the structures are scrolling. Father, we pray for everyone that is surrendering to you today. We ask that you breathe upon them, Lord. Change their lives. The grace to stand for you, give unto them. Honor and glory be given to you. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.